to the Gene Auto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller producing the program for us. Glad he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist to the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful day. A little tired, like many in, in the city. I was at the uh, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle show. You were there, Jeffrey. It was good to be. Like, it felt like, you're, you know, we were all together as a city. I know it was only, whatever, probably 18,000 people, something like that, whatever. I don't know. It was a good. full house. Yeah, it was a full house. Um, but it was good to, good. It, it was a, it was a good show and, uh, just felt good to be with Memphis. I'd agree. Um, I think the only negative I had was that was the first time in my life that I like, I've had moments where I realize I'm washed. Mm. Last night was the first time I realized I'm old because I started doing the, all right, man, it's late. Like, <laughs> can we hurry this up? Like. And also, it did. I was not like that. I was. I was enthralled. I was actually disappointed. That's not true. You like even this morning. You're like, yeah, it was a late night. It was a late night, but I was actually, you know, part of me was like, man, like Chappelle was a little shorter than Chris Rock, and I, you know, I was like, dis- I was disappointed. How at would the you end. know? Hmm? How would you know? We didn't have our phones. That's we true. didn't. We had someone no concept with, of time. Someone with me had a real watch, and so you realized how valuable that uh, wristwatch still can be, Jeffrey. In a comedy show where they trap your uh, phone in a little. I was even thing. trying. That was the other thing I was trying to remember. When's the last time I got wore a wristwatch? And I. Well, some people like, you know, it's a style thing. Like some well, people. Well, like my just, wife has like an Apple watch, but they took that up. Yeah. I don't think I've worn a watch since ninth grade. But there's, there are, there are a lot of people who view it I, as like a, it's I a understand. thing. It's this a, was an internal thing. I was yeah. said last night I was trying to process the last time I had worn a watch. Mm. Um. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was a good show. I, it was a very good show. I mean, we talked about it. I'd never seen Chris Rock before. I'd seen. I saw Chappelle a few years ago when he came here. I felt like if you put, if you had put Chris Rock's, if you had put his like jokes, everything like his material on paper, mm-hmm. I think his material was probably funnier. But I still contend part of what makes Chappelle Chappelle is. He's more than just hilarious. Like, he's an actual performer. Yeah. And I well, think he's just a tremendous performer. Well, and it was interesting with them going back-to-back, back, seeing their different styles. Yes. You know, like, Rock, Chris Rock was more intense. It was more about, like, the intonation of his voice. You know, like, he changed this, the volume of his voice for emphasis was was really good. Dave was, like, more relaxed, had the cigarette, had a stool. Cigarette? Well, yeah, like multiple packs of cigarettes while he's up there. and That uh, was like the ultimate I realized, like, oh, it's good to be a star. Like, imagine if we just started lighting up. He's it's probably like, the only person in Memphis for a long time who's uh, in, in uh, certainly in FedEx Forum. Who's Oh, I'm willing to bet it's part of, like, it's part of the contract to bring him in. Well, ultimately, I'm sure there is technically, like, a city ordinance that he is. Right, but I'm saying, like. The forum probably knows beforehand that oh, he's. Yeah, you know I'm sure. I mean? Like, it's like, it's like we're like a, not gonna. No one's gonna call the cops on. Uh, right, but I'm saying like I guarantee it's probably written into the contract. Like may, you can't maybe, do, but like, ultimately a contract can't supersede the city's laws. It's ultimately up to the city not to enforce its laws, and I'm sure that's what was that was what was uh, silently agreed to yeah. in that situation. But uh, nonetheless, it was a fun time at FedEx Forum. Felt like a Grizzlies playoff game. Going in and out. Crowd-wise, you know? dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, hopefully uh, we'll have some Grizzlies playoff games in a few months. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday, though, Jeffrey. And uh, while that comedy show was going on, the Grizzlies were out in Sacramento, and it was, uh, um, to tell the truth, it went exactly how you kind of thought it was going to go. Um, and I, you, I mean you, you said that you thought they maybe had uh, worn themselves out with that Phoenix game, and it felt like in that fourth quarter, sure seemed like the legs gave out on them <laughs> out in Sacramento. So we'll we'll tell the truth on that. Maybe talk a little Tom Brady, uh, two forty or so. Tim Murray from Vsin will join us. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the NFC and AFC championship game. I'm curious your thoughts too, Jeffrey. Any good? Like, do you have a clear like this is definitely what I'm going to bet on already? 
here on Tuesday? In the AFC game. In the AFC game? Okay, so we'll dive into that later. I've already bet the AFC game. Later this hour, 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list, and then we will wrap things up uh, after that. But it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. Jeffrey, when you watched that Kings game, it was, it was even later night because you you stayed up to watch the second yeah. half. Oh, boy. Um, what? I, I regret that. Well, the fourth quarter in particular. Well, it was really like it was really like the last three or four minutes of the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter. It was, it was basically it the hand. moment the Grizzlies took the lead. Mm-hmm. It was almost like they thought it was like a like a pickup game where as soon as you got up by two, the game was over. Yeah, I'll tell you this, t- telling the truth, that looked like a really good crowd in Sacramento. Like that looks totally different than it has the past few seasons at that arena. I think it also shows like how hungry. Like there's a reason why. Well, they're a lot like Memphis. It's the only pro team in town, you know. So when the when the Kings are good, what else? You know, like of course. Win. <laughs> I mean, I they think it's the playoffs in sixteen I think it's years. More than that, I think it's the fact that they have tried to just be. It's not even like they've been trying to build a consistent contender. They've just been trying to build a competitive team, and it's it's been falling flat. But and now those, that they're finally, yeah, I mean that was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, but I remember those team, those Chris. They supported those, you know, yeah. Jason Williams, Chris Webber, Vlade Divac teams really well. Uh, that was like the, you know, that was like one of the intimidating places to go Arco play Arena in, to go play in the NBA for a while there. Um, they only take debit card, by the way. I still, you know, you saw. I, I think you saw last night them at their best. Right? Don't you think that was like, I mean, like the, the amount of three point? They hit a record number of three pointers. They're an all offense, no defense team, and they played a little defense in the fourth quarter. Did they play a little defense or did the Grizzlies self destruct? Well, you got to give them some credit. But yes, I would point I think, it more towards. I think they were more on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Jaron had a meltdown, Dylan was having a meltdown. Like it that was, was a, that was a bad. We've had a nice. We've had a. We've had a few game stretch here of bad Dylan. Yeah, if you if you've been in the hashtag Dylan haters club, you've had a nice three game run. Yeah, like this is you've been you've had a lot of taking a lot, a lot of, of confirmation bias, a lot of shots. Yes, a lot of shots. Um, still, I, I still like him, but a lot of shots. I'm not in the club, I'm, but I am acknowledging. No, and it's I've always, always been. I've always felt like I'm the mediator between the Dylan haters yeah. and then the Dylan defenders because. He's not a perfect basketball player. No, no, and and it it always is exacerbated when Jobs Correct. play. It's always exacerbated Correct, because he decides like that's more shots. Yeah, there's more. Dylan 100 percent believes the number of shots is a zero sum game. <laughs> um, nonetheless, he's below now. I was looking at his stats for the first time in his career. If the season ended today, he'd be below 40 percent the field. Dylan views shots like. I guess the way I would phrase it is when Aaliyah goes out of town and I know I can play video games. Like it, when you're when you're It's like the substitute teachers there. It's not even substitute teacher. It's oh my god, yes, I can play video games for like 13 hours. Like but you can't do it if she's there. Substitute teacher is an entirely different thing. That's like a taking abuse thing. Dylan views it more as like I don't have to worry about it. The substitute teacher is like, what can you get away with? There's a different, it's a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, nonetheless, it was not a pretty ending there in Sacramento. So now they're 0-3 on this road trip, Jeffrey, heading into Wednesday's game so they, at Golden they, State. They've already failed the road trip. Yes. I mean, that, I mean, very clearly the way this has started, like this is like. Well, I, I was literally our past fail grade was three and two. No, and and this is like this is like you're going to the teacher and being like, listen, if I if I end the semester well, will you pass me? You know, will you? Will Can you we talk me? about the final counting for more? Yeah, like you know, and and frankly, doesn't it feel like going up against the two teams you played in the playoffs? You know, that's kind of like the final of it. You know, you get goal, and especially this game Wednesday. I think it'll certainly help. I still think though, if we're going to start with tell the truth, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different directions we'll go. So I'll start with this one. I think for me, my tell the truth is this team is showing immaturity. Mm. And I've kind of wrestled with this. Is it showing immaturity or is their immaturity like creeping on into the the, like results? I don't know because this is what we need to talk it out. So this is kind of how I view it. There also should be a no-duh, this team's immature. Yeah. You know why? 
Because they're young. Yes. Their three best players are all under 25 years old. And what, they're, I think they're the second youngest roster in the league? I'm, I'll take your word it's for that. It's bottom five. It's, it's a bottom five. They are certainly, they, there's a reason why they are viewed as the best young core Correct. in the NBA. I think it's a bottom five. In your youngest. It's like in the bottom five of the youngest uh, rosters in the league. So there is kind of a no-duh. Mm-hmm. But let's say like you're someone that thinks you're 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 someone that believes like the whole party angle and whatnot like that's stupid and the, that's just uh, uh, irresponsible speculation like that's fine. Here's what I think is undeniable: they let Friday night's game impact the next two games mm-hmm. because I felt like they didn't they didn't treat. That game on Friday, just in general, forget about attitudes and whatnot. It was just a strange game in the way that you felt like you're waiting for the Grizzlies to just throw a punch and knock them out and never did. It was just kind of a, a an odd an odd atmosphere around the game in general. But I think it's very clear that game on Friday mm-hmm. affected Sunday, particularly mm-hmm. in the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, they scored 37 points and they looked they horrific. Looked they looked awful. And then they exhausted all that energy trying to come back, and they fell short. Now, I don't think that was a poor effort, and they fell short, but the point is, like, the first half counted. You can go directly back. Like, that was a game where if we were talking about 4-1 and on the road trip would be a good road trip, like a really good road trip. That was kind of the game where you go, well, second night of a back-to-back, and Sacramento's really good this year. And that's year. a team that wants to get up and down the floor. You can understand. Yeah. That makes sense. This That was the one that like made sense as a loss. It's the other two. Correct. Especially how the second one played out that didn't, you know. Yeah. How they both played out, I should say, didn't make sense that you lost them. Yet, on the other hand, you do want to be fair and sit mm-hmm. there and go, last night was completely, un- like, in terms of just thinking about basketball and mm-hmm. thinking about sports, that was an understandable result. Yes. It doesn't mean you're defending the result, but when you're sitting there, when you can sit there yesterday and say, like, I worry that this will be the night where they lose the second game. It was understandable. But I do think what you've seen from the frustration, from everything, like, I do think you're seeing at least signs of immaturity. Yeah, I think that's fair. Here's here's my tell the truth. Though. All right. I feel like, because I think you're right. I, I feel like I feel like the Golden State game on Wednesday, because as you put it, this can be explained. This three game losing streak, which I think you told me before the show, they're the last team in the league to have a three game yes. losing streak this year. Yes, so it speaks to how consistent, by and large, they've been this year. Like, and I, it's like you also don't want to lose sight of they're 31 and 16. Like, and that's that's to this. Tell the truth. Like, I think if they beat the Warriors tomorrow night, you kind of just. Yeah, like largely, you just go, eh, what you know, like whatever. They they had a bad end in that sure. Lakers game, you know, and they, you know, a couple, you know, and it really compounded. They compounded things a little bit, but they went they went and got their revenge against Golden State on national TV, um, and now they're going to face a Minnesota Timberwolves team that's in, you know, a lot more. T- you know, if you think this is, you think a three game losing streak is bad, go check out the Timberwolves. You know, like this season, um, and so. Um, I think when you look at this Warriors game, it, it's either going to go one way or the other. There's no, they're not going to like. It's not going to stay the same even from where it is now. Either like you're just largely going to forget what happened, or you know, I think losing the Warriors game, you're not going to be able to just kind of push it aside as like, yeah, you know what? Like it just, you know, they let something seep into it. There's, you're, you're going to feel there's going to be th- those sort of flaws that we've seen crop up in these last three games a little bit. They'll get reinforced a little bit more. They'll linger a little more. Not to say they, you know, I think all the stuff the Grizzlies are going through right now, like, can they can address it. Like, none of it is, like, limiting them from being the championship team we think they can be. They just happen to be cropping up now, and probably it's a good thing that it's happening in January, happening two weeks before the trade deadline when you can make some decisions if you need to. You, you still have a lot of options open, whether it's internally or externally, and you just have a lot of time to figure it out still. And you've put yourself in a position where you have a lot of time to figure it out still, even if you don't figure out right away. But at least you kind of, you know, sometimes this stuff is, 
I don't know. The good is not the right word, but like you see the stuff you have to fix before the playoffs in a less pressure situation than the playoffs, a less do or die situation than the playoffs. And it's the, it's if you don't take advantage of it, where it becomes an issue, you know, moments like these, because I do think this is kind of a, you know, this game Wednesday, I think all the games against Golden State, but especially now given the circumstances leading into it, like this is, you know, there's only so many games in an 82-game schedule that really feel like moments. And it does feel like, I'm not saying it's the biggest moment of the season necessarily, but it is It do, It is going to have the feel of more than just a normal regular season game tomorrow night. Well, I think there's a few things at play. One, there also need, does need to be a realization of, hey, we are traditionally in what is considered the dog days of the year. Mm-hmm. Middle of January, before the All-Star break, like, this isn't to go into a funk and whatnot during this point in the calendar is not unique. But my bigger kind of larger thought in trying to, you know, kind of another version, I guess, of why I believe this team is immature. I feel like so much of what what they look like on a given night is based upon what they think of the other team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like sometimes they decide, like, this is going to be a game they care about. And I do think there is, I do think, a, like, a reasonable sign of maturity is treating every game fairly businesslike. And with the understanding of not every game's the same, to your point. Like, there are always going to be games that are bigger and whatnot. I will say, But it does the, seem like they they decide on certain nights, like, yeah. this is a night they care. I will say the 11-game win streak, you know, they're playing a lot of bad teams, and they took care of business by and large. They did, but they also they only had to play well in spurts right. to do it. No, I mean, like and, they were so much, so much better than the teams that they were playing. But yes, I do, and I do agree that the sign of a good team is a team that only has to turn. Like LeBron proved it to us basically for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Like when you just got to flip a switch and go on. Yeah. Like if you can do that, that's usually the mark of that team's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So um, it is a. Uh, it is really interesting stuff, but I will say every it, maybe this is just because they've been so good. But like it does feel like when I watch them, when they actually lose, because you like you know you I, I don't know about you, but like I go into every game going, eh, they're probably going to win this one. You know, like I even though like I know they're only going to win whatever sixty percent of their games this year, or whatever it ends up being. Whatever what, what's their win percentage right now? Sixty. What are they probably six eighty, six eighty five, something like that. Um, they are, yeah, six, 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 two thirds of their games. They right now they've won two thirds of their games this year, and so like by and large, I go into a game going, yeah, they're probably going to win, you know. And so you come away, and so the losses obviously stick out more. It feels like, and the things that happen in the losses stick out more. Um, and so these these past three games, I will say, have felt like okay. Not to say it will happen or it's probable to happen, but it's like this is what happens. Both these West Coast road trips, the one over the holidays where they struggled and now this one where they're struggling, it has felt like you watch the games and you go, okay, this is how this team doesn't advance as far as you think in the playoffs. Right here, what's happening in these games. These are the scenarios where, you know, things don't go well for this team or as well as as you think they should for this team. It's not to say they will. But doesn't it feel that way? These West Coast road trips is kind of like, you know, they struggle to, you know, they can't hit free throws and they struggle to close out a game that they should win in L.A. Um, you know, in Phoenix, you know, ultimately like Jaron is kind of a non-factor for whatever reason. You well, know? then like yesterday, I think like Jaron lost his cool. Jer- yeah, la- you know, yesterday was a little different because, but like Jaw's not playing. Yeah, you know, like like last year against Golden State, and you know the, but like obviously that. If Jaws not playing like last year, it, it, we've seen it. It limits your ceiling very, very clearly. But um, you know, last night it was like the three point disparity was too large to overcome. Ultimately, like all the, you can see, all the not to say they will happen. Like I think this team has a good shot at making the Western Conference Finals and potentially being an NBA Finals team this year. Like if you know you you see you see games like that game against Milwaukee and the game against the the game against Phoenix at home recently. And even the Cleveland game, where you go, this is how this team's going to win games in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and so, 
Um, that's what I find so interesting about what they're going through right now. And it feels almost like fitting that it's now going to, you know, they're going to go into this game in Golden State, the team they want to beat more than anyone, I think it's fair to say at this point. I guess the only other ones I would even throw in that category, it does seem like Boston. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but there's not that. Like, there's not no, the. No, I mean, there's there's clearly there's more history involved. But yeah. it, it goes to kind of what we've talked about with NBA rivalries in general. Like, you have to kind of have playoff battles. Yeah. And so it does feel a little fitting that they're going, you know, like maybe Golden State is where they can, you know, get back on the right track. And it becomes kind of a galvanizing game that you remember. You know, when you look back and this team hopefully accomplishes big things in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, you know, it's not not to say like they can lose or win tomorrow and it's not gonna change like their potential as a team. Um they can continue you know, like they can go on a five game losing streak and you're still gonna be like, you know, they'll sort it out. They've got they've built themselves a cushion here where they can fit they have time to figure things out. And I think honestly by and large, especially because of how they play at home, like they're going to be able to figure it out while winning a bunch of games still. Well, and that's kind of where I've really struggled because we've talked about when you cover one team, Mm -hmm. the natural inclination is to always see the warts of that team. Yeah. And I think that holds so true in the NBA because all you have to do is just listen to a fan base and every fan base, it's almost like fill in the blank. Well, as soon as we get healthy, like everyone's like, you know what I mean? Like everyone ignores that, well, other teams haven't really played with their full rosters and whatnot. But I do think, I think there's this weird question with the Grizzlies of, are we focusing too much on their flaws? Because it does seem to me the biggest problem that the Grizzlies are going to have is, their flaws are probably not going to get truly exposed at a big level until the playoffs. Because to me, their their flaws still remain the same. In terms of being in a half-court offense, they're too largely dependent on Ja. Mm-hmm. And then there's not enough shooting. There's there's Jaren. I mean, there's, there's Desmond. And now is Danny Green maybe the solution to that? And also, like on this road trip, you know, we talked about it. You got Zaire great for a half in the second half yeah. against Phoenix. The back your rotation, but the back your rotation has not been great. And you so- have seven right now. I feel like I feel confident in seven guys on this team. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Tyus and Brandon off the bench, yeah. and then the starting group. Like the Zaire that played in the Phoenix game is great. The Zaire we've seen recently is close to kind of what you want. At like I think is enough. You clearly feel better about Zaire than you did. The he, first month or so when he was coming back, mm-hmm. but I still like. If you're asking me, would I bet on it? Like, hundred percent going to be a proven entity in the playoffs? I'm not there yet. You know, Santi's. Cl- you know, Santi has had his moments. I think. I think I would be close. I, I think him and Zaire are the, certainly the closest to being quote unquote trusted. Um, but I don't think either of them are there yet. Even though, and even though Santi has played better by and large than Zaire this year. I'm weirdly closer on Santi than I am Zaire. Yeah, but I think also it has it kind of speaks to Zaire. Like part of my question with Zaire is just age. Yeah. No, I think Danny Green is. I, that's why. I, I mean, I don't think any of these quote unquote flaws are necessarily when I say when we talk about them. I don't really think they're going to address it through the trade deadline. That would be my guess. No, I mean Still we're right we're, now we're both very. Like, much I in think that they view spot. Danny Green as kind of insurance. He's an insurance policy. As weird as that is to say about a guy who's been, you know, using the Grizzlies health insurance the entire time he's here, basically. I think insurance policy is a little farther than I would go. Maybe not. You're right, because that would that would in, that would imply that it definitely is going to work. It's a free play. <laughs> yeah. is what I would get. You know yeah, what I mean? You're like, right. You're right. It's like yeah, someone gave you like a yeah, someone gave you twenty five dollars in chips uh, that you can throw out there. Sure, and, it's a and bet you know with BetMGM, it's a free bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, giving you, they're giving you a free roll. Uh, yeah, here, to start out, start off yeah. the 2023 2022-23 season, yeah, you, get a, you, you get a free like, bet yes. with uh, Danny Green. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, insurance... Because I don't necessarily think that... You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm not saying like that they are banking on it, but at the same time, I do think they view that as kind of their 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 po- their possible move, if you will. Yeah, no, I I think that is right, and it seems like he's seems like he's getting closer. Um, I'll be curious if you know we're tomorrow. I think will be exactly or no Thursday will be exactly two weeks from the trade deadline. I think, and I will be curious: do we see him play in a game in those two weeks before the trade deadline? It feels like we're trending towards yes. I, I think it's, it's when two they, weeks from Thursday. Yes, I think it's when they come home here. Like they, uh, you know, I think it's they come back a week. From uh, or at the end of this week, I think Sunday they're back at home. Then they have two days off and another home game on Wednesday. That following Wednesday, I bet you it's when they come back home then. And like whether or not it's related, it does feel like because we had discussed like what is the role for Danny when he first comes back. It's John Conchar. It feels like Conchar's making it easy too. Yes, currently yeah, he's been he's been pretty he's been either ineffective or like just kind of invisible. Yes, a little bit. Um, unfortunately for him, yeah. Um, all right. Let's switch course and right. talk a little NFL here. We've got some quarterback news, Jeffrey. I know it's championship week, and we're going to talk about it in a second with, uh, with Tim, Tim Murray. But we've got some quarterback news involving, I guess, the two, oh, two, certainly the most the goat, the most accomplished quarterback in Tom Brady. And then I don't even know how to characterize Aaron Rodgers anymore. I was going to say the the most two talented, most, the most talented. Player. Well, I was going to say the two most accomplished quarterbacks still in the NFL. No, that's kind of the problem with Rogers. Like Rogers, it's like isn't Mahomes almost at this point like kind of the same sort of accomplished? Yeah, but I think much Ma- younger. But I think Mahomes is now Trent. If Mahomes loses on Sunday, mm-hmm. I think Mahomes is officially entering Rogers territory. Yeah. Where you sit there and you go, "How have you only won one yes. Super Bowl?" Yeah, um, but he's still pretty young too. Rogers is thirty eight, whereas you know Mahomes is what twenty eight. Yes. I think Pat, yeah, I think Pat's 28. 27. I still think that we're trending, though. Yeah, I think it'll be, I still don't, because he, cause he's got the injury, he's got an out here in this one. It's He's almost, yeah, it's, but, but Rodgers always had an injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, in the end, this would be, what, six straight, is this six straight AFC title games? I think it's five, right? No, four, isn't it? No, I think it's six straight AFC title games. No, I... so the Patriots. I think it's four. Man, maybe you're right. Five. It might be five. Yeah, because he's a five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, I think it's five. It's more than four. I do know that. It 2018 is the is the 2018 is when right, he won MVP. Here we go. The first time I think. So it starts back. One, two, three, four. This is his fifth straight. Fifth straight. Okay. And he has one Super Bowl. And then he has another appearance in which they were pretty lifeless. But COVID. Yeah, no, COVID, yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, his hands were tied. He was playing in Tampa. Well, we've got, but we've got news on, well, not news. I shouldn't say that. On Tom Brady. He was <laughs> on his own podcast and was asked by Jim Gray. Um, in a totally not scripted way. A way that felt he was, so he was stunned, Jeffrey. so authentic and so organic. All right, here's my tell the truth, and he, he basically said, "If I effing knew what I was going to do, I would have effing told people." Here's my. And he, he said it like in a very choreographed, yeah. trying, trying. He was like, "It was like, oh, this is why Tom Brady's not an actor. He's trying to act like he's pissed at the question." Yes, and he just comes off as like a scripted bit. The Patriot way was good for Tom Brady. Less was more. <laughs> I'm I'm more convinced than ever. You're talking off the field, Tom Brady. I'm talking. We don't. The best Tom Brady is the Tom Brady that is on the football field, because I go, I keep going back to it. Yeah, some of Peyton's commercials were kind of corny and dad ways. At no point though did you ever cringe watching them. They always kind of mm. they had the maybe you didn't love it wasn't your cup of tea in terms of humor, but you could at least go that was an effective ad. Tom Brady, when you see them, even if he's just like, let's go, it is just awkward and cringeworthy. I'm convinced also this Fox TV deal is going to be Drew Brees-esque. What is going to be? It seems like it's already backfiring in the sense that 
Greg Olson's been getting a lot of praise for his uh, call. Okay, though, question, though. As an Olson guy on Team 2, on my B team, mm-hmm. don't you feel like Olson's kind of coming across as, like, Olson's getting high praise because Romo's had a, Romo's right. had a tough year. Because yeah. we talked about this, like, during the whole year. It's like, ooh, this is, this is not good. And then Collinsworth... He's past his prime. He's I, lost his fastball. I don't ball. even know if it's necessarily that. Like, he's I'm lost so, his fastball. I know this is terrible to say, but like. He seems like he's just coasting. I don't need to see his son on the broadcast, too. It just makes it like feel like it's just like the NBC broadcast now just feels like, all right, Chris, bring your whole family in. And it's just like, well, I, yeah. I don't know, like that. I know when some people are like, well, what does that have to do with him being a broadcast? Like, I don't know. It just when makes it's a it shame, feel. Because I think Tariko might call, like Tariko is a, it calls a good game. I like Tarico on the. I agree side. with you, but, but you're also biased. Why? He's well. He's a, he lives in Arizona. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's a Syracuse guy. Yeah, that's. True. I just I like his call. No, I agree. I, I I don't know if it's better than like Joe Buck, um, but it's very good. I think though Olson is coming across as better because he's just not the other guys. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who's surprisingly good? The baseball guy, Joe Davis. I thought he was good on football these past couple weeks. Him and Moose. So well, that's because Moose is always good. I've talked yeah. about this. Silver Fox Moose is is tremendous. I like you know I like but Moose. The problem with that game on Saturday night, the audio got screwed up. Mm. The crowd mics were the crowd mics were so hot. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was like there was there was our audio got screwed up yeah. as you were saying. Our, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you were saying, their yeah, audio yeah, got screwed up. It, no, it's them. It's them coming. It's Joe Davis and uh, Moose coming down on you. It's like voodoo. I don't know. There's just something about Davis that Davis feels like create a player broadcaster to me. I think he's. I good. think he does a very competent broadcast, and he's like clearly prediction, good. Prediction: That guy's going to be the number one NFL play-by-play guy in the next five years. I don't think so because they would have done. I think they would have given him both. He's already their baseball guy. They've yeah, cl- but he's got a background See, in baseball. Here's what I disagree with. I think what they've done is. They've made like replacement guys their number one guys because it feels like they're waiting to. Remember when ESPN was forever trying to get the Monday Night Football booth right? Yeah, they're trying to get paid. They were kind of do the revolving door, and it's like it feels to me like Fox is about to go through that where they're going to have permanent interims until they can figure out who they want to be their number one guys. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Tom Brady. I, I I've maintained all along here for the last year or so. Or I should say, really, since he decided to come back after retiring last year, or whatever his fake retirement, this isn't—it's it, not going to hurt his legacy, whatever. But I just—I don't like how this—he could have—he could have landed the—he could have landed this a little smoother. He had there were—it wasn't like he—he he had choices in which he could have landed this plane a little smoother, and instead he decided to unnecessarily go through some turbulence here. I agree, but I also find myself thinking like, no duh. Because at a certain point, isn't the reason he's Tom Brady because he doesn't know when to give up? You know what I mean? Like he yeah. doesn't know when to hang it. He like won't. He, he doesn't. He doesn't listen to what anyone. Right. Thinks like about in him. in yeah. the end, he is part of the reason why he is the most successful quarterback of all time. Notice I didn't say greatest, most successful, most mm, accomplished, interesting, most, most accomplished. accomplished quarterback of all time is because like he is a psychopath. Well, and then. I'm curious what you think the truth is on this Aaron Rodgers report from Adam Schefter, where it seems like it seems like the Packers are not willing to trade him to another NFC team, but they'll listen to offers from AFC teams, and it sounds like two first round picks could get it done. So the thing that I you buy took, it, you think it's telling you think Schefter's telling the truth? The there? thing that I took notice of there was a price tag, and oftentimes when Schefter does a price tag. It's a price tag that you go, there's no way they're getting that. Like, that's <laughs> like the, the ultimate of, sure, he's available. Yeah. That price tag felt like, okay, well, if you want if you want Aaron Rodgers, this is a reasonable price tag. Come get it. You think that's a reasonable price tag for uh, Rodgers at this age? I mean, <laughs> two feels steep, but if you're the Jets and you have all these picks. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the problem. Who are the candidates here? Jets? 
Who else are we talking about here? People keep throwing out the Cowboys. Uh, I don't believe that. Well, no, let's say it's just, let's say, let's believe Schefter and say it's uh, just, just the, the AFC. AFC. Dolphins? You think they do? Oh, oh, yeah. You don't think they? I ain't buying this two is coming back. Okay. This two is coming back feels like. With, Page, would we've Patriots learned, fall in this category? Depends on how much you believe. Does, does, I don't see Rodgers wanting that. And I don't see Belichick giving up. Well, no, I think I think I kind of buy the Belichick's done with Mac. I know, but can you see Bel like that? New England doesn't seem like the type of franchise that just gives away first round picks for a guy that age. I just also don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to do. He's not going to like Aaron Rodgers can't go on his ayahuasca trips. Yeah, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, no, no. Um, Indy, maybe, but they've been very adamant that they want to do. They're yeah. they're out of the. They're out of the veteran Tennessee. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, he, wasn't he home shopping in Nashville for a while? Yeah, feels, he also feels he like feels like a Nashville kind of guy. Also feels doesn't he? Him and him and Cutler feel like they'd be buddies. Yeah, like he feels like a Nashville kind of guy. I think look it up. I think he bought property there. I, I think that's the case. All right, we'll continue the NFL conversation during hour number two when we get into the list a little bit. But when we come back, let's get into championship weekend. We'll discuss that. And more with Tim Murray next, right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Take this double-digit Mountain West dog. I'm Joe Gillier here to help you beat the books with Becky Hill. Boise State is one of the contenders of the Mountain West, and they're looking to bounce back after an overtime loss to New Mexico over the weekend. The Becky Hill model likes the Broncos to get a win, but they also like the road dog, Fresno, getting plus 12.5. Becky Hill has that as a four-star best bet. They have this number as Fresno State plus nine and a half. I'm Joe Giulio, bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Half point favorite now, so it is uh, quite telling that certainly people are believing them in them now. Uh, Mark would be uh, proud to know that I was getting texts from Jeffrey mm-hmm. on uh, on Sunday, you know, telling mm-hmm. me how how wrong the books were. So uh, apparently he was. Uh, Making a, a handsome amount of money on uh, on Sunday because he was uh, all over the Bengals. I was fine losing on the Giants. That was more of a testing my big game Jalen Hurts you're a, theory. But you're a Giants fan, right? Yeah, but I'm not. I'm also very realistic about him. Like I know when to bet on bet His against. Neighbor them. Nick told me that that was an easy easy winner. Giants yeah, plus seven and a half. I, it was more of a testing the the Jalen Hurts big game theory. It, it was it was kind of more, of, but it was also one of the. Like, the way that you lose that bet, I'm fine with. Like, you, I knew right off the bat, it's like, oh, they ran it right down their throat, and then the Giants couldn't move the ball. It's like, okay, this is done. I'm just telling you, man, like, that last week with the Bills, and, like, I understood how public and and how obvious the Bengals were. I just, like, tried to keep that one simple with, I don't know how many more times we're going to get Burrow as an underdog in the playoffs, and I just took it. Well, and I think, you know, hindsight being 20-20, I mean, it was it was a very smart bet. Uh, I don't usually go. Look, I was I I didn't lay the six, but I did have the Bills in a money line parlay, which obviously you need to have the winning side yes. in order to uh, have that come home. So that did not come home for me. Um, and I, you know, I just trusted the line, and I shouldn't have because the line kept moving in favor of the Bills. And I give a lot of credit. I mean, obviously, we know how good Joe Burrow is, but. It, it was one of those situations where we can get to the Giants-Eagles game here in just a moment because the the opposite happened. But it was one of those situations where we probably didn't give the Ravens defense nearly enough credit that they deserved. I mean, the Ravens should have beaten the Bengals. Yeah. And I kind of predicated my bet a lot on, hey, the Ravens had Tyler Huntley, you know, moving the ball regular pretty easily against the Bengals and if it isn't for a 98 yard you know scoop and score they lose that game I, I truly believe it but that did happen and you know I think the line moved in that way the public was on the Bengals and the public won um you know and I give a lot of credit to the offensive line for the Bengals um you know that was a storyline all week that the offensive line without three starters, without Kappa, without Williams, obviously Collins is done for the year, and they had a phenomenal game plan. And Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, uh, gets a lot of credit, you know, even prior to last week. And I thought their game plan uh, w- was good enough. You know, Eli Apple, who is the punchline of a lot of jokes, and he's now uh, enjoying it quite a bit on social media, g- giving it back out. 
uh, did a good enough job. So, you know, all credit to the Bengals. And now, to your point, Jeff, you know, Jeff, it, it's the fact that they're now getting a lot of respect. And you wonder, is it too much? But yeah. the, the reason, and we could get into this weekend's game, the reason I'm just not racing to the window yet is, I mean, if this is truly a high ankle sprain that Patrick Mahomes is dealing with, I mean, that's a four-week injury. That's a injury that, what, Tua and some other guys have had, you know, that tightrope procedure. Oh, yeah. And we're just assuming right now that Mahomes is, is just going to go. So that that's that's where I'm like, ah, I'm just going to wait here and see see if any more news starts to trickle out. Well, the other thing, though, about the Bengals that I was trying to kind of figure out how much do we think the conditions in Buffalo helped them? And here's what I mean. If you've got a banged up offensive line that hasn't been good to begin with and you're already, you know, you're down to you're down to only 3 of your 5 starters and your backups, you know, the week before got absolutely exposed. I feel like the fact that it was snowy and slick that didn't allow Buffalo to really get after them with the pass rush. And then it, I felt like once they got the lead, it, it was they were able to run the ball on them. And we haven't really seen whether or not they can, you know, whether or not they've had to kind of run block. Like, I just felt like at a certain point, maybe the conditions were helping the Bengals. And I, I do kind of want to factor that into, like, how I think about them this week. Well, and I, I, I you know... If, if anyone listens to my show from uh, 5 to 8 p.m. Central Time uh, on VSIN, I, I, I like to give my, my co-host, Sean King, former NFL quarterback, a lot of crap because he deserves it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he was spot on, on this, in this regard. He said, you know, the Bills' defensive line without Von Miller doesn't scare anybody. And it's, it's totally true. And I think, I, I think it was... I forget who said this, so I apologize if I'm, I'm stealing it. But I'm, I'm when you looked at Buffalo's offensive line when it had Von Miller, you're like, oh, okay, Gregory Russo, first round pick, Ed Oliver, first round pick, yeah, Tim Settle, yeah, he's had some nice moments, and Von Miller. You're like, oh yeah, that's it's pretty, it's pretty good. Epinesa, you know, second round pick. But then you remove Von Miller from the equation, you're like, who of those guys really frightens you? Maybe Ed Oliver, but. I think the dynamic that they lost losing Von Miller really kind of pulled away. Then you've got Jordan Poyer, who's all sorts of banged up. Tredavious White isn't a hundred percent. I mean, they were just they were all they were really banged up. And you know, I remember we were watching this game with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of friends, and my wife is a Bills fan, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching, and they go into the locker room only down seventeen seven. I'm like. They're lucky to be only down 17-7. They just got their butt kicked up and down the field. I mean, Joe Burrow, what was it, a six-play drive to start the game? Like, yeah, we're going to score a touchdown in the snow in a blink of an eye, and you're not going to stop us. I don't even think they had a negative play. They were, I mean, they were phenomenal. So now that brings me to this Sunday, and I'm like, are we expecting the same thing? Kind of like... You know, are we expect like last week, right, or two weeks ago? Sorry to bring up you know bad uh, memories there, Jeffrey. But I'm fine. You know, the the Giants looked really good, and then you know all week I just kept saying, I'm like, so we're giving the Giants credit for beating a team we all said was a fraud, and you know everybody except Taylor Heineke was able to throw for over 300 yards against this defense. I mean, and- literally, Daniel Jones had three 300 yard passing games this year. Two were against the Vikings. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody, look at the numbers. Like the last like 11, 12 weeks of the season, outside of Heineke, I'm pretty sure everybody threw for 300 yards against the Vikings or 250 or whatever it was. So they now, threw for whatever they needed to throw for. So now are we giving this Bengals team too much credit? But I, I just, I can't take the Chiefs yet until I know and we may not know you know what Patrick Mahomes and how he'll be uh you know come come Sunday afternoon I guess that's the other thing though like you're talking about don't we maybe know how he's going to be (laughs) I mean he's still look I've never 
I mean, I've had ankle injuries. I've also never played quarterback at the uh, elite level that Patrick Mahomes does. So that's hard for me to compare myself to. But I've had ankle sprains before. And this, the day after is when it, it hurts the worst, right? You know, you've got the adrenaline going. You just yeah, but we got, we got Glazer telling us, remember? Hey, it was way better than they expected. It's like, Jay, come on, dude. <laughs> well, what did uh, – that was um, – that was on the Fox. So Andy, the, that was Andy, before, yeah. Andy, and Andy yeah. Reid said it was you know the the one a couple years ago was worse. So, I mean, we'll see. Hey, hey. Chad Henney went ninety eight yards. Uh, I mean, that know. is actually the bigger story to me is that <laughs> if Henney, if that pass gets intercepted, is that game different? Uh I don't know. I mean, I mean, look, the Jags are driving, and the Jags I still think if Agnew doesn't just yet, yeah, it, it was an unforced fumble. fumble. Yeah. No, it's it's true. So we'll see. I'm just gonna keep letting this line move, and you know, maybe you know. Obviously, teasers will be a plenty this week. You San Francisco up to eight and a half, Kansas City up to eight and a half. You get both. You know, hoping for close games. That's possible. I mean, we got decently low totals, but you know, we'll we'll see. I, I'm I'm a bit surprised that we've seen as much Philadelphia love so far as we have. I mean, is that Philadelphia you know, love or is that uh Brock Purdy got away with murder last week? Um I mean, look, I think it was it it was a reminder that Philadelphia is really good and there was like this four week stretch where obviously Hurts gets hurt and then he comes back and doesn't look as good and then the the Niners obliterate the Seahawks in the first round. So it was just this it was at this out of sight, out of mind type of deal. So, you know, our show is is out of the circa in, in downtown Vegas. So we have this big odds board behind us. And on you know Thursday last week we look over our shoulder and I'm like, the Eagles have the fourth longest odds to win the Super Bowl? I'm like that's that's a bit odd, and now they're they have the shortest odds yeah. uh, to win the Super Bowl. So I mean, once again, it it is as you know, just you know, I know we talk so much gambling, and that's that's what I do every day, all day. But just to put it in perspective, where we sit right now is fantastic. We have two championship games where the point spread is under a field goal. We have four teams that are all around like plus 250 to 3 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Essentially what the odds makers are telling you, I don't know. You know, it's yeah. like it's 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 just a coin You figure flip. it out, yeah. And it's it's great. I mean, I I think that's exciting. I mean, it's hard as a as a gambler and you know, there's not the uh the old buzzword value out there, but it it's it's great in the eyes of hey, we want competitive <clears throat> football games. I mean, you know, growing up, it was the NFC just obliterated the AFC every year in the Super Bowl, whether it was the Niners over the Chargers or the Cowboys over the Bills. And now here we are, and it's it's great. I mean, they just I'll, I'll just tweeted out a moment ago, Jeff Sherman from the Westgate Superbook tweeted out what Super Bowl lines would be. Eagles would be a two-point favorite over the Chiefs. Eagles-Bangles would be a pick. 49ers would be a two-point favorite over the Chiefs. 49ers a one-point favorite over the Bengals. Think about that. Mm. Every possible Super Bowl right now, obviously injuries could unfold and, and things change. As of right now, that's actionable. You can go bet that if you want. Everything's under a field goal. That's fantastic. That, that's that's As a football fan, even if you're not a gambler, that's great because we should, in the eyes of oddsmakers, get competitive football games for the final three games of the season. I'm excited. I'm excited for these. Isn't that games. interesting, though? Because based on that math, the Niners should be favored, right? Um, didn't you say on... they'd be favored against both AFC teams? I mean, I guess because yeah. it's a neutral. It does, it does change Yeah, it. they're on the road. Yeah. Yeah, they're on the road. Um, yeah, usually home field's like about two and a half points. So on a yeah. neutral... If San Francisco and Philadelphia played in the Super Bowl, it would probably be a pick. Maybe San Francisco minus a half. Yeah. But yeah. I mean that's that's the way they're looking at it right now. So they're giving yeah, about a about a two and a half, three point edge to Philly for uh for, for home field. All right, so what's what's the pick, Tim? Do you have a Super Bowl pick? I, I went into this saying that I thought it would be San Francisco over Kansas City. I thought they would get revenge for the 2020 Super Bowl, but the Mahomes injury, man. He had a very encouraging tweet this morning. 
He oh. said, see you this weekend, Kansas City. <laughs> did, did Very Joe, encouraging tweet. I guess this is kind of where I am on this, though. Did everybody not watch the second half? It's going to be no different. He got the tortoise shot. See you Sunday, Chiefs Kingdom, yeah, with I, the clock I, I'm, emoji. I'm fine with him saying that, but, like, did anyone watch the throws in the second half? I mean, what makes Patrick Mahomes one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation and maybe eventually of all time is the escapability that he has to keep plays alive. And then when he's dancing around, oh, there's Kelsey, zing, out there. You know, so that's... If he has to be a pocket passer, he's still a very good quarterback. Could they beat the Bengals? Yeah, sure. He could. But does he still have the dynamic aspect to his game? No. So that's yeah, that's that's it's gonna be that's what's gonna be interesting. Can um, someone make someone other than Travis Kelsey catch the ball? <laughs> I don't know. How do you That's how, what Lou Anna, I mean, I'll give it credit I mean, I to Anarumo. That's his thing, right? I do he think takes that's away also, your best option. Well, and I also think Part of I actually think the most underrated group in the playoffs is Cincinnati's defense. Like I don't feel like they ever get their due. That's true. That's fair. all they I do. Mean- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 